I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faith Lift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. In the previous episode, Nehemiah has prepared for the journey, asking the king for many things, and now he's in Jerusalem. Terry, how about if you read the scripture for today? Okie dokie. I am reading um, Nehemiah 2, uh, verses 9 through 16. Is that right? Yep, that's it. Kind of NIV. Okay, NIV. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Sambalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. And then I moved on toward the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because as yet, I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. So that scripture starts with the word so, which indicates that something happened before that. And if we go back a little bit, this is where Nehemiah asked the king for the letters. He asked the king for the letters of transport, and then he asked for the letters for the timber. For the timber. Mm -hmm. But there were some other things that the king granted Nehemiah and gave to Nehemiah. I wonder if we can go through what some of those were. Well, he gave him an armed escort which I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So he recognized that Nehemiah would be traveling through some dangerous territory. He gave him cavalry and army officers, so experienced warriors and fighters. Mm -hmm. Right. Artaxerxes knew, King Artaxerxes knew, this is going to be tough territory. And he knew what he would need. Which just shows, once again, how much the king loved Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. For him to not only grant those gifts of the letters of passage, mm-hmm. but then to also say, here are my soldiers, here is protection. I want you to go and I want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to run into problems. Well, and don't you think that the fact that he had the king's officers and cavalry with him, that spoke to all those people. Yeah, exactly. Um, that maybe he was the king's, he was there with the king's favor, with the king's blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a pretty big deal too. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not like they're just, you know, wandering. They were intentional and it was yeah. not something that they were going to mess around with. They mm-hmm. were like, we're going. We're going to Jerusalem. And we're going to do some work. Right. So move out of the way mm-hmm. because we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a strong statement for sure. I think that is super cool that he provided that. I think, remember in the last episode, we were talking about how Angie's father provided all these things for her. Yeah. I, I want, like, God just doesn't work in Nehemiah's heart. He was working in the king's mm-hmm. heart, too. That's right. 
Well, there's a scripture that says that God holds the heart of a king in his hand, and he can turn that heart like a waterway wherever he will. And I think that was certainly true with Artaxerxes. <laughs> okay, the reason we're laughing is because there was a language lesson on that in the break. <laughs> I had to look over at Terry when I said that because she she was when I said it the last time and I didn't say it properly. She oh. gave me one of those little school teacher looks. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Terry works so oh. good to get the words down to get the scripture down. That's the piece. All the that, pronunciation the proper. Us. Yeah. And then I just screwed up and I don't care. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I'm a people pleaser. I want to please Terry. <laughs> I'm very pleased with you, Angie. Very Thank pleased. You. you did such a good job on that one. That was a big thumbs up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Big thumbs up. I, you know, I wonder, as I'm thinking about this, if Sambalot and um, what's Tobiah. his name? Tobiah. Tobiah. If this really irked them in particular that they saw the king's cavalry coming in with him. It wasn't just Nehemiah, Nehemiah by himself. Right, because they were the ones who sent the letters in right. the past that said, exactly. don't do it, these people. Yeah. So I think they wanted to, like, they may have totally messed with Nehemiah had he not had that cavalry. I think so. I, I mean, they yeah. messed with them anyway. We're going to find out in future chapters, mm-hmm. but they kind of did it from a distance and launched things, and I think the cavalry is the piece of that that kept them protected. I'd never no, thought about that. I think he would have been waylaid and probably killed along the way. Absolutely. I mean, he would never have made it to Jerusalem. Right. Um, And one of the reasons I think these guys are not happy because Nehemiah goes over their head. He finds a way to make what they want null and void. Also, a rebuilt Jerusalem was a threat to the authority of the Samaritan officials. They had been in charge of the land since Judah's exile. And they, if Jerusalem is rebuilt, they are going to lose a lot of power and I think a lot of... uh, taxes and mm-hmm. other goodies coming their way. They do not want that to happen. You're right. Well, in verse 10, it says that um, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare mm-hmm. of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. So they were used to having their own way mm-hmm. and that the Israelites were um, pretty downtrodden. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were a subjugated people. Yeah. yeah. Right. And now they, they're not going to be able to take advantage of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. That's not what they were saying, though. (laughs) That is not what they were saying. So Nehemiah makes it through, and he gets to Jerusalem. And, um, well, first, do you think, uh, I mean, Nehemiah obviously expected the reaction that he did. Otherwise, he wouldn't have, um, from Sanballat and... uh, Tobiah. Tobiah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't have asked for the letters of safe, right. safe passage. Right. Do you think that that affected him and the way that he proceeded, like just knowing? Um, do- I think it's obvious that it did affect him a little bit in the in the way he went forward with the plan. When he first got to Jerusalem, he he didn't really announce what he was there for. Um, and I so if he didn't do that when he got to Jerusalem, I doubt that he did that on the way to Jerusalem. He was just on his way to Jerusalem. I think he kept his counsel. I think he kind of kept quiet about what he was going for. Um, and I would say because he probably didn't trust to put that information out there mm-hmm. too soon. Okay. Um, so wait a minute. What about all the people that came with him? Well, that's a good question. Would the, they have known? 
They're probably singing, we're going to build a wall. We're going to build a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Go builders. I don't know. Like, what were their tunes as they're going along? They're probably a lot nicer. (laughs) No, I I like that. I don't think they had any materials as they were going. Do you? Because they took the um, letters on the way to... um, to go across to the Asaph. trans- the yeah. Yeah. yeah, of the for the cedars and whatever. Or I say cedars for the, the wood timber. that they needed. <clears throat> and I, I'm just kind of thinking, okay, that has to be cut down, sawed up into the right, right. size pieces and whatnot. So yeah. uh, off goes Nehemiah, and it may be a couple months before the supplies start showing up. Sure, I don't know. Yeah, but catch true. this: we're all in Babylon. I'm Nehemiah. I go, hey, let's go to Jerusalem. <laughs> right? <laughs> and people go, right. There's two. She's going, and why would I do that? <laughs> right? right? I mean, how did he talk them into coming? But you know, in those days, I don't know that you had to have people's consent necessarily. Oh, good point. They were all captives. Yeah, they, were, they were all captives. We're going, so oh, good King point. says, we can go to Jerusalem. Come on. That's a good point. You know, and Nehemiah was high enough up in the household, in the king's household, that his word would have carried mm-hmm. authority. So I think I you're right. He had to explain himself to anybody. No, they probably didn't sing the wall yeah. wall. The wall no. song. Wall, wall. You know, the wall wall I'm sure you didn't say anything about the wall wall. <laughs> <laughs> now that you have said that, I cannot get the picture out of my head from the movie Aladdin, where they're walking, where Aladdin's walking into the city and he's, you know, the genius oh, changed yeah. him and they make like this big, huge I mean, I just can <laughs> see Nehemiah and like this big fanfare and then it's yeah. like, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> Don't mind us. Go about your business. Good point. And yeah. we brought yeah. cavalry. Right. Yeah. 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 We have armed guards, but don't mind us. Don't mind us. We're no good. Deal. Yeah. We're good. Just, yeah. just ignore us. We're not even moving through. We're just here. We're right. Just here. Except in those days, think about it. The royals made progresses through their countries. Processions. And so maybe it wasn't all that unusual for some representative to come from the king to check things out. <laughs> Good point. You know the scriptures make the way straight. That mm-hmm. was an actual geographic thing is if you want the king to come to your town, you have to have a straight road a for straight him to road. come in. Right. Make I your path know. straight. straight. Make that's, your, cool. that, that's what yeah. that referred to a lot. Yeah, get the boulders right. out of the way. Mm-hmm. For us, if we want Jesus, our king, to come to our town, we need to get the boulders out of the way. That's a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just came to my brain. Love Sometimes that, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> We're done for today. No, I'm just <laughs> and cut. I think he um, he came with confidence because he knew he was doing what God wanted him to do, and he had seen um, God work in our Xerxes heart, and he had um, the full um, confidence mm-hmm. that God was working; He was doing God's will. But I don't see swagger. No, no, I agree. Yeah. I see intention yeah. and focus mm-hmm. and persistence, yeah. mm-hmm. but not swagger. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was very anti-Aladdin in that aspect, <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have an elephant, right? <laughs> or a flying carpet. To our knowledge, well, certainly that's not true. a flying that's carpet. True. Maybe an elephant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. wouldn't point. you think maybe they had maybe because yeah. how else would they carry the timbers and good point? Um, move the boulders and the rubble and anyway. Yeah, I agree. All these logistics that we're so thankful we don't have to think about now. I know. You know, it's like just bulldoze through there. Blow it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Hire a crew, clear it out. Yep. Yep. 
they were the crew. <laughs> they, yeah, exactly. They were that's the crew crazy. and the haulers and the explosives guys. Mm-hmm. And man, that's a lot of work. It it sure is amazing. Work. Yeah. I think this is, I think it's a miracle. When you think of what they built, the mm-hmm. size of what they built, who mm-hmm. built it with what materials. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the miracles of the Bible. I mean, there's so many, but yeah. But yeah, that's a pretty incredible engineering feat to accomplish in a short period of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, he so Nehemiah gets to Jerusalem, makes it through, and then he gets there, and he's just there. Mm-hmm. He's there, and he's there for a couple of days, and then he quietly goes out and surveys. And it hit me that this whole time, Nehemiah is just quiet about what he's going to do. Yeah. Like, God has definitely put on his heart what he's supposed to do, but he's not going around broadcasting right. it. He's yeah. not taking out billboards saying, hey, look what's coming, you know, or the big coming soon sign or, you know, whatever. <laughs> he just is quietly going about his business, putting his head down, getting the work done, mm-hmm. and then he brings people into the fold. I think one thing we have to to recognize is that while Nehemiah was the cupbearer in the palace, the king sends Nehemiah to Jerusalem as the governor, as the ruler. So he's not coming as just a nobody. Mm -hmm. He's coming as the ruler of that city. And I think that's pretty cool. So I doubt anybody had many questions for him. (laughs) No, that's a good point. So if he does come in as ruler, I didn't think about that, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to question it. Use the and, then we're going to build a wall. <laughs> well, as ruler, he would come in and he would do whatever he believed was necessary. People would be fairly accepting of that. Right. He'd right? have that authority. He'd have the authority. I think when he came to the, when he did come to the people with it, <clears throat> I think I could just imagine hope blooming in their hearts yes. and um, <clears throat> looking for that future and that hope. Mm-hmm. Like God is finally, you know, going to do something for us. Yeah, he's now we've got a Hebrew his... leader, a Hebrew governor. Yeah, and he's going to rebuild the, those city walls and gates were um, paramount mm-hmm. to their lifestyle. Their living their very day-to-day life that they were doing as it is are we going into this yet about the broken down walls sorry am i getting ahead of myself (laughs) one one piece of it is though is he was surveying the damage and going around the damage was extensive he couldn't Mm -hmm. even get his horse through Mm -hmm. an area um the damage was extensive. I mean, just to pay attention to that. I don't know what the size was previously, but we could when we were talking about this wall, let's just give the basic details about it. It was two and a half miles long, right? Around right. there. Mm-hmm. And how thick? Uh, eight feet thick. Eight feet thick. Yeah. That's big. And almost 40 feet high. Yeah. It's huge. So when we talk with gates... And all different things. Um, so when we're talking about how massive this building structure is, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Mm. Yeah, and it's Huge. not a straight line either. Right. We're not talking about the Great Wall of China where you just see it go forever and ever. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is um, this is not linear. This uh, is on hills and mountains mm-hmm. and um, yeah. kind of perched. Mm-hmm. Is kind of how it mm-hmm. is, and um, it's shaped. 
in a circular-ish fashion. Say it, Suzanne. It, <laughs> say it, Suzanne. It is shaped like a foot. Yes! <laughs> Your right foot in particular. All right, let's deal with that just a little bit here. Um, we're t- the reason Suzanne wouldn't say it, <laughs> this is so funny. She's not from Michigan. All of us from Michigan, when they say, where do you live? We pick up our hand and we show the mitten of Michigan, and then we put our finger on it. And that's how we tell people where we are, yep. right? Yep. And so we've discussed this previously. It is <laughs> My thought was, you look at Jerusalem, the map of old Jerusalem. The old city. The old city, yes. Um, if you looked at that, it looks like a right foot. A little bit high arch. Terrible bunions. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not a healthy bunions. foot. Yes. <laughs> and perhaps a high heel or a pump is really what we're kind of going. Because the lower part yeah. isn't like the full heel. That's true. A stiletto, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But basically, yeah. 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 It gives us a lot of good perspective. I was kind of hesitant about that. I'm not a visual, I'm visionary. I, so when she said it's shaped kind of, you know, like your right foot, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no, I'm not getting that at all. But as we went on, makes then sense. it makes total it makes sense. sense and gives you a really good, clear picture of uh, what you're looking at. So it's cool. So the part that was fun this time was that Suzanne wouldn't say it. I could tell in her face she wasn't going to say it. Suzanne and Angie are falling over going, no, not you Michiganders. <laughs> they are clearly not Michiganders. Yes. And listen, it does make sense. It mm-hmm. makes sense when you look at it and it does help to visualize but I just think it is so goofy. Now, can it's I get you to sign that? <laughs> <laughs> it is on record. There's yeah. just no place else in the country that describes itself that way. I mean, we're seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Honestly, I would do my state impressions for all of you, but we're audio only. And it just kind of wouldn't translate. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when going back to the wall, we um, when you when you think about this building project. It's not like you're building just a straight wall. It's not like you're building a little fence to keep your neighbor's dog out of your yard or your dog in your yard, um, which is hopefully more the case. Um, but we're talking like this feat of engineering mm-hmm. because yeah. it, it is. It's it's perched and it's windy and it's crooked and, and it's this big, huge, huge, thick wall. And it's tall. Mm-hmm. And think about, and we'll get into this a little more, but just yeah. 40 feet high, mm-hmm. think of how you would get things 40 feet up in the air. How about that? Yeah, no cranes. No cranes. No cranes. Well, okay. I have been watching um, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, and sometimes... <laughs> sometimes I'm sure they were there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes he's building... Um, a big wall, like with the tall, tall ceilings, mm-hmm. uh, and the fireplace. And I have seen them take um, a pile of four or five bricks, and they throw it up to him, and he catches it. Okay, he's and crazy he's- though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know. Of course, I'm thinking the blocks of Jerusalem weren't made with you know little red bricks, but maybe I don't know. That is yeah. so scary to me. Is that I used to be in construction. And I used to be the one walking out the trusses on the top of a, oh, oh. Of a I house. I just cannot even picture I that where I was I can't either. And by the way, when <laughs> I did it, it was really cold winter in Michigan. And I yelled to Ron. He was the, the one in charge of the project. I go, Ron, I can't f- feel my foot. He goes, okay, 
Look down oh. when you walk and make sure your foot goes on a board. Oh, I was oh like, gosh. I wanted to get the coffee. I wanted yeah. to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine being up there and someone throwing a brick to me. Mm-hmm. Like no. I'd be all, <laughs> I'd be off that so fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they hauled them up too, though. Like they probably they built did ramps. The first few feet. They had pulleys. You know, they made sure. mm-hmm. you know ropes that they hauled stuff up. And Not maybe, nearly as dramatic as we make it. Maybe they built but still it like, a lot of work. Know, like a pyramid, and they could actually, you know, like walk the top oh, ones up section yeah. by section. Yeah. Look at you. That's Are you an engineer at heart? No. Who says she's not a visual no, person? She played with Legos Seriously. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Legos. I have done some time with Legos. It's true. <laughs> well, we think about, you know, that's what the wall was like completed. Mm-hmm. So, and this used to be a wall, mm-hmm. this part that Nehemiah is out surveying. And it is, imagine all of that falling down, having been pummeled and attacked and burnt. beaten and burnt yeah. and all of this. So we have all of this just garbage, this wall mm-hmm. trash mm-hmm. that he's trying to pick his way through. Because I thought maybe they could use some of that same stuff to help rebuild. But I did a little reading. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's generally, it would have been made out of limestone. And when you burn limestone, it is no good anymore. No good for anything. No good for building, especially. So they couldn't use it. They, I mean, they were. Couldn't use the old material. No. Yeah. And all of it had that to be cleared. is just built up under his feet and, mm-hmm. and the horse. And, you know, this is. Kind of where he's really getting his first visual mm-hmm. picture of what Jerusalem is, because remember he's never been there. That's right. right yeah. So he's left the castle, where he, I'm sure, had a nice, comfortable bed mm-hmm. and um, was warm in the winter time mm-hmm. and cool in the summer. And now he is out walking through all of this just junk mm-hmm. rubble and yeah. just seeing. All of it with his own eyes. He's heard about it before, but this is the first time he's actually seeing it. I wonder what he was feeling or thinking. Like when you guys have a whole big job ahead of you, what happens for you? Like, you know, for me, cleaning a room or cleaning something Mm -hmm. out, like what goes through your head? Where do I even start? Yeah. Yeah. We had a flood when we lived in Chicago in the basement. And I just remember walking down the stairs and seeing about three feet of water in that basement. And I just sat down and cried. Mm -hmm. I I, I thought, I I don't even know where to start with that. Mm -hmm. What do I do? So yeah, pretty overwhelming to see that kind of devastation. I drove through Troy the other day, and you know they're tearing down all of the freeway overpasses and rebuilding yeah. them. Oh my goodness, that gave me an incredible picture mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. Big pieces of concrete, big yeah. hunks that are feet wide. Um, I can't imagine. And, they, and they've got big heavy equipment to move all that stuff. Right. These people had their hands and whatever mm-hmm. else, levers, things that, were, that they could come up with, but no modern equipment to help them. Mm-hmm. So what an engineering feat. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. And not only do they have all of this stuff, physical stuff that they are battling, you know, getting mm-hmm. through all of the muck, but they have this opposition coming in too from yeah. these um, enemies mm-hmm. who are used to them just being passive and, mm-hmm. and just being there Um but now Nehemiah is coming. They see him. They know that he is there for a reason. They know he's there and he's not messing around because he's come in with the army and he's there with the cavalry and mm. he is 
He is there with as a presence. Mm-hmm. And so not only do they have all this stuff, but then they have that um, fear, I would think, would be mm-hmm. um, safety concerns. And, you know, that's a lot. A lot. Mm. That's a lot, a lot. It is. I think it's good for us to recognize, too, though, that when we have a project before us, um, something that we believe... God has called us to do, we're going to have some opposition too. So we've got to learn how to deal with that opposition and not let that overwhelm us. Is there something that has been an obstacle for you that in your past or even right now that you um, are seeing that there's opposition, that there's whether self-imposed opposition or, you know, external forces, um, something that you faced, but you've come out better on the end or you feel like you're coming out better on the end after having walked through it? Definitely for me. I, um, I had cancer. Let's see. I had breast cancer. I can't even remember all the years cause there's been so many surgeries, mm-hmm. but in I think 2016 and eventually that ended up in a mastectomy with a failed reconstruction. And so there's just been a lot of surgeries there and I just wasn't recovering and then they found thyroid cancer. So I had another cancer going on. And they may have been connected. Um, there's kind of a trifecta on this one. It is breast, thyroid, and colon cancer. So if you have one, get the others checked. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. say that. Yeah. as a public no, health a service. Because yeah. you know? yeah. they can impact each other. But I just remember, God, how come I'm not getting better? God, how come I'm not getting better? And I remember, for the most part, I was walking through it with God. Like 90, 95% is like, okay, let's do the next thing. I'm really someone who's like, let, let me just do the next thing in front of me. And it didn't occur to me that I had a second cancer there. Um, and just listening to him, and it's like when I got, there were different points where I was just on the floor. And I couldn't like lift my face. And the only thing that would help is I'd call out Jesus. Yeah. And that was the only thing. And it was just like, just keep, kept saying that. Um, we have a friend, it's sometimes like the kitchen floor moments where your grief is, she lost her son. Mm. And your grief is so bad, you can't lift your face off the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so those are the kitchen floor moments when as a friend you get down on that floor with a Kleenex box mm-hmm. and you just hang out there. Yeah. So I had a lot of those moments. But the thing I know about it is I got up from all those moments. And um, there's, it's like I, I um, just keep moving. Like, what's my next day? What's the next thing in front of me? Let's keep going. There is a good thing that came out of this. I'm really happy about it. <clears throat> I have a doctor's note. Because they took a lot of lymph nodes out of my arm, I can't do planking anymore. <laughs> I can't tell you how excited I am about that. I can't do push-ups unless I do one-handed on the one side, and I can't do those either. I never could do those. (laughs) So, so silver lining. What a great attitude! I'm like, here we go. Yes, I can get a doctor's note to get me out of this exercise completely. (laughs) The next time you go to gym class, yeah, make sure you have. Which will probably be never, but that's okay. (laughs) I can't. I'm one of those people who are exercising who has to like be very careful because I can really genuinely hurt myself and others in the room. <laughs> and others. <laughs> Maybe Zumba is not for you. No, like, Zumba is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but it, it's like you learn things in those moments. And you learn how to connect with other people too in those moments. When you get down on the floor with your friend and you're there and you're like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. And prayer is the only thing that brought it through prayer mm-hmm. to me. And, and I think that's something for Nehemiah. He connected with the people he was riding around with, but he needed to keep it privately and go before God, I think. I think he needed this three days. I think he needed this time. And you just take the next step, the one next thing, and you just do the next right thing. And maybe, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Maybe some time to think about how to present it to the people because it it is a huge job and they are downtrodden. Mm -hmm. And um, it says, because he didn't tell the officials or um, the Jews or the priests or the nobles or the officials or any of the others who would be doing the work. They didn't know they were going to be doing work. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was going to be surprise. a surprise. <laughs> so, can you imagine the people trying? What? <laughs> we thought this was vacay. Like, what's going yeah. on? No vacation here. So, I think he would need to know how to present it properly to all these people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think the the people of the city have been so down, downtrodden and so depressed and so fearful for so long. They might not even want to. <clears throat> It's too hard. We don't have anything left to give. Mm-hmm. But he does a good rah rah job, you know, and rallying. And we kind of talk. We've been talking about the rubble of the wall, but the people, the destruction, mm-hmm. their spirit was mm-hmm. downtrodden for sure yeah. and hopeless. Well, and he's a new leader, right. also. This was not like this was the position that he's had forever. No, he was the cupbearer, and then when he left, he became the governor. Mm -hmm. And so these people don't know him. These people don't know his leadership style. They don't know if he's going to be the authoritarian, you know, keep your thumb on things kind of leader, Mm -hmm. or if he is a leader of the people. So I would imagine that he probably had to have a really good plan in place, and that he spent those three days. Just listening to God and saying, give me that plan, prepare their hearts, Mm -hmm. prepare my heart, and just let them be your words. Because, you know, that first impression is Mm -hmm. a big deal. The the people would have expected him to know what he's talking about. So he had to go around the wall. He had to see it. Right. Yeah. And not broadcast like, hey, never been here before. I'm just going to check things out. And then I'm going to lead you in this big, bad project. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Well, one of the things I don't think we, <clears throat> excuse me, touched yet was why having a wall was so important. Do we get mm-hmm. to that later, or should that come in? No, go Let's ahead. Hit it now. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when you are a city with no wall, that means a lot of stuff. Things that means you're a city of no consequence. You're like a backwater oh. city that doesn't yeah. matter one bit. That's number one. And for the holy city of God to be this is just really terrible. Um, Also, the people had lived in fear because there were no walls. They had no security. They had no safety. Suzanne's looking in the corners. I felt a breeze, (laughs) and I was like, oh, excuse me. They have no security. They have no safety, and they were in anxiety, continuous anxiety. And if anyone has real anxiety, it it wears you out. Just I mean, debilitating it, it, it does, yes. Right? So they're in constant anxiety because they have 
um, they have people raiding parties coming in to their city because they have no walls and no gates. They come in. They can't have anything of any value because a raiding party will come and take it. The raiding party also came and took wives and daughters, and, daughters. and they were in constant fear of what would happen with their families. So um, they're in bad shape without a wall. <clears throat> if you have no wall, you are in disgrace. And this wall wasn't built for a long time. It remained. This is almost like 100 years, right? Mm. From the time uh, they were taken into 70, captivity, 70, 70 yeah. long time. They were both long times. Yeah. 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 And the temple had been restored, but the wall hadn't been built around it. Mm. And that blows my mind. Like, wouldn't the wall be the first thing you pick? No, nope. uh, yeah. no, you got to worship nope. God. Yeah. No, nope. yeah. the temple has to come first. Were you going to go on and get No, a... you can go ahead. Because the reason that the temple had to come first is because um, the worship of God comes first in our lives before anything else. Mm-hmm. And so that had to be put in place for the people to be able to worship God and for God to be there with them and them to feel His presence and for them to incorporate Him into their lives. Worship always came first. And He protected that temple even without a wall. Mm-hmm. I think as, as humans, we put the wall at first between people, yeah, and we don't put up our relationship with God first. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah is very quick to give credit to God, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he very is. quick. I mean, yeah. over and over, he's, over and over again, he just says, but the mighty hand of God, yeah. but the yep. gracious hand of God, yeah. but mm-hmm. God, but God, but God, but God, yep. but God. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How much easier would our lives be if we just oh, we would do back, that. Yeah. but God, and then praying, and then keeping our mouths shut? <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. And not broadcasting oh. everything to everyone, mm-hmm. and just being still in knowing that God has something for us, mm-hmm. and being okay with waiting on Him. Because that's what Nehemiah showed over and over and over again. God's sending him to this place where he's never been, and he's given him this heart for the people and the life and the city and he's not going around going, Hey guess what? Hey guess what? Hey guess what? Hey you wanna? You hey wanna? I think God's yeah. calling me to Jerusalem. Come and you know <laughs> to a town near you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's That's true. just yeah. quietly, quietly waiting. And yeah. then he says, But God mm. by the gracious hand of God. Know, that just gives me chills. Mm. Like to think maybe how much easier my life would be if I would just sit down and shut up and say, but God. I used to, um, my mom and I are pretty close. And so anytime I would have any issue, my first impulse would be to run and call my mom. Mm-hmm. And I can remember the day I kind of felt in my heart, God saying, uh, hey, you need to talk to me about that first. Then you can call your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think if, if we could have that be our default... It would be awesome that it's God, everything, Him first. Yeah. yeah. And that's definitely not human nature. Mm-mm. Human, you know, human nature is not to, to go to God first just because we live in a world full of sin. We, you know. Yeah. And in that note, why don't we go ahead and go to God in prayer right now as we close this out? Father God, we're so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that you have lessons for us in every part of the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, everywhere you we look in it, you are giving us um, your word, your light for our path. And um, we just thank you for the 
story of Nehemiah and how he um, turns to you first and gives you the credit and the glory. And we just pray, Father, that we would be better at doing that ourselves. And um, we ask you, Lord, if you would just bless the women and maybe men who are listening today, that they will find um, a a jewel and a a nugget for themselves here today. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.